Welcome. You are listening to Poverty in Focus. This Center for Poverty Research podcast series brings together experts in their fields to discuss new poverty research and public policy. I'm Marianne Page, a professor of economics at UC Davis and the Center for Poverty Research Deputy Director. Today, it's my pleasure to speak with Ariel Khalil, a professor of public policy at University of Chicago's Harris School of Public Policy. She's also the director of the Center for Human Potential and Public Policy. Khalil is a developmental psychologist. Her recent work examines how economic conditions, including impacts of the Great Recession, affect child development. Her research is funded by the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development and by the MacArthur and Russell Sage Foundations. So can we start by having you just give us a a short summary of what you've looked at with respect to the Great Recession in children? Yeah, so I have, as you know, been interested for a long time in parental job loss and how it affects children, and how it affects parenting and parents' mental health. And been interested in particular in the differences in how job loss for mothers versus fathers might differently affect uh, child development. In part, that relates to my interest in time use. And of course, there's a trade-off between time that parents spend at work and time that parents can spend at home with their kids. And a lot of the research I've done shows that mothers and fathers spend their time with their kids differently. Uh, which and, and so the Great Recession provides an interesting kind of natural experiment to think about those questions because, as you and others have shown, um, you know, the, the, the job losses were primarily concentrated among men and, in, and, and women's employment didn't seem to have been as adversely affected. So there's a, a, a neat opportunity there to take that phenomenon to, to look separately at, at moms and dads and child development in the context of um, an economic recession. And recessions also tend to affect low-skilled adults more than high-skilled adults, right? So we might expect, I know some of your work has shown that different socioeconomic groups also spend their time with their children differently. But I'm thinking we might also expect that not only did the Great Recession affect fathers more than mothers, in some sense with respect to job loss, but has also affected advantaged families differently than disadvantaged families, and that that might also affect sort of overall impact on how parents are spending mm-hmm. their time. Right. Well, so there's two different underlying phenomena there in terms of the time that economically advantaged versus economically disadvantaged parents spend with their kids. And at the same time, there are big differences in the ways that mothers and fathers spend time with their kids. So first, it is the case that in looking at data that come from, for example, large time diary surveys, in general, economically advantaged parents not only spend more time with their children than do economically disadvantaged parents, they also seem to spend more of what developmental psychologists like me call developmentally effective or developmentally stimulating time. So highly educated parents, and by that I mean parents with a college degree, spend more time reading, helping their kids with homework, etc. They also tend, as some of my work has shown, to focus their time in a way that matches children's developmental stage. So we know as developmental psychologists that kids need different kinds of time investments at different ages. That's pretty obvious to any parent or any lay person. And it seems that 
more highly educated parents kind of tailor the time that they spend with their kids according to what developmental stage the child is in. So that's one big difference in, in time inputs. Now another body of work, and I've worked a little in this area, shows that mothers and fathers spend their time very differently with their kid. Again, on average, mothers, it turns out, tend to do more of the educationally relevant managing time, um, the things that we think as developmentalists promote children's cognitive development, maybe their academic achievement. Again, on average, fathers seem to spend more time in play um, for young kids in gross motor activities. These are also very important developmentally for the child. They're correlated with children's emotional behavior, but um, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of overlap in the ways in which mothers and fathers spend their time with kids. Many studies have shown this general kind of uh, distinction. So when it comes to thinking about the Great Recession, and you might ask yourself, who's at home more than they would be otherwise, given that they may be less likely to be working, you want to ask yourself both, is this a highly skilled parent who's now at home on the one hand, or is this a mother versus a father who's now at home on the other hand? And then you can begin to think about what might that mean for children's development. And as you said, we know that in the Great Recession, fathers are more likely uh, to be um, to be at home. I should have said before, it's also the case that fathers spend their time differently. Fathers also spend much less time than do mothers with kids. On average, again, um, there's big gaps in the amount of time spent in child-rearing activities. Um, that gap is smaller the, the, the more educated um, the, the couple is, but nevertheless, even among college-educated couples, there's still a pretty big gap. And that gap is also there even if the parents are at work for the same number of hours a day, right? Exactly. That's what's really interesting about both of these gaps that I mentioned in the Time Diary data, both the mother-father gap and the education gap, or gradient as others have called it. These gaps hold up even when we control for parental employment, both hours worked and schedules worked. So when we've known for a long time that especially for mothers, there is not a one-for-one trade-off between time spent in work and time spent at home. We've long known from Suzanne Bianchi's work that working mothers or mothers who are working outside the home preserve much of the time they would otherwise spend with their kids by cutting back on their own leisure and sleep. Um, But nevertheless, these differences in education, uh, the education gradient we see in time use does not seem to arise from differences in the ways in which parents with different skills are employed, either, again, as I said, the intensity with which they're employed or the, the, the schedules on which they work. So as I said, I think when you want to imagine what is the impact of the Great Recession on child development, those are the kinds of questions that you need to ask. So if we were to say, for example, that it's more likely that less skilled men are at home, and this is the, the, the big difference that we see in the recession, I would say that 
given what we know about time use, we don't think that children will necessarily benefit a whole lot from that kind of quote-unquote extra time with a parent because we know that on average those fathers are not going to spend a lot of time with their kids in the first place and they are not going to be doing a lot of the kind of cognitively stimulating um, time activities that mothers might do. If we also observe in the Great Recession that even within couples, as fathers lost jobs, mothers worked more, which I, I think is um, something we know about the recession, even you know, at the individual couple mm-hmm. level. You could imagine that those kids are losing valuable time with their mothers, and what they're getting from fathers might not be um, the same kind of substitute. That's just on the time dimension. Of course, there's the whole element of, of economic hardship and income instability. If all that arises from job loss, as we expect it right. to, there's lots of research that suggests that that is going to be bad for kids, especially for kids who have little to begin with. Right. I also, in my own work, I find myself thinking a lot about the differences between job loss and a recession, two very mm. highly correlated things, mm-hmm. but a kid could be affected by a recession not only because their own parent loses their job, but also because other parents around them, or, or even if that, I guess a better way of putting it is even if the child's own parents don't lose their job, and are able to maintain the same earnings level that they had before, that there are other consequences of recessions that could have negative effects on children because uh, local revenues go down, mm-hmm. school funding goes down. There are There's evidence that during a recession, even people who do not lose their jobs experience higher levels of stress so you could imagine two sort of pathways by which children might be affected, right? One is the direct effect of the own uh, child's family's experience, but then there's also sort of a community or an environmental set of things that accompany recessions which might um, have an yeah. impact on us. No, well. no, absolutely. And in fact, I just um, finished a paper which looks like it's about to be accepted that focuses on exactly that question. I was involved in a study uh, with Sheldon Danziger and others that followed a sample of families in the Detroit area um, from about 2007 forward for three or four years. So these are families who are basically at ground zero um, for the impact of the recession. And it was a group of varying socioeconomic status, both poor families, but also middle-class and upper-middle-class families. And we looked at the data. um, We were interested in how children's behavior problems increased over the period and whether any increase in kids' behavior problems was more strongly correlated with a set of characteristics we call kind of objective markers of, of things you think are increasing during the recession, which included housing loss, Um, an income loss of um, 30% or more, a job loss that occurred to either one of the parents, uh, a big wealth um, decline um, that might have come from housing value loss, etc. 
relative to a set of subjective perceptions among the parents of how worried they were about making ends meet, how confident were they that a year from now they would be in a a secure financial position, how concerned they were that they were losing, that they might lose their job. It turns out these two sets of factors are correlated, but not at all entirely overlapping. And so, as you say, many families in a period of, of an economic downturn, you know, surrounded by other families who are experiencing job loss, even if they themselves are not experiencing those events, are extremely worried um, and anxious about about their economic security. And we know that those subjective perceptions of anxiety um, and stress are independently correlated with family interactions and with child development. And that's, in fact, exactly what we found. That it wasn't even, you know, that among families who hadn't experienced any of these objective markers, those subjective perceptions were highly predictive of children's behavior problems. You know, this was in a a longitudinal analysis, sort of controlling for a lot of other stuff and looking at increases over time. So we were as sure as we could get with these data that this wasn't some sort of spurious correlation arising from the fact that some people are just more anxious in general than other people, for example. So part of this is is driven by changes in the economic environment that they're in. I yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely think that's the case. And it you know, if you can imagine why that is so when you're you think you're the next one uh, to lose a job. Or maybe you have family members who it's now clear someone is now gonna be asking you for financial support. And even though you didn't lose your job, all of a sudden some share of your earnings is being allocated right. to some relative or, or something like that. Or even that relative could be living in the home with you. Or right somebody now, moves but... in, exactly. So a similar kind of phenomenon. So I think this idea that the expectation of something bad happening to you is just as powerful for some of these child development outcomes is very real phenomenon because I think it affects parents in much the same way in terms of conflict in the house in terms of parents not being able to focus on their kids and and their own kind of mental health worries. We think these things are very important for children's development. Generally, it's not something that economists uh, study, right. um, but you know the, we find really huge, substantively important correlations between those factors and kids' outcomes. These relationships that we see between parental stress or parental economic experiences and children's development then can also translate into the long term into Mm -hmm. how successful those children are as adults, right? So this this could have real meaningful impacts beyond the well-being of children themselves Mm -hmm. currently, but also it could have a big impact on how these kids are doing. 20 years from now. I don't know how much we know about that yet, but we have lots of reasons to believe that these processes or the the, healthy child development translates into a different type of adult for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, I've always said we should think of job loss, you know, parental job loss or 
you know, economic downturns as, you know, two-generation processes because there is absolutely every reason to think that if kids are demonstrating high levels of behavior problems in school at a critical period, that there are turning points in child development. If kids repeat a grade or get suspended from school or somehow get involved in some um, you know, delinquent activity that puts them in contact with right. the justice system, these are critically important events that clearly have long-run implications for their well-being in adulthood. And I don't think we know that, obviously, from the current Great Recession, but right. you know, your work and others has shown you know, direct links between early childhood economic adversity and adult earnings and, and well-being. And I think there's every reason to um, imagine that. And given the, the severity and the, you know, the extent of the most recent economic downturn, the, right. you know, the Great Recession, this is something that people will want to be studying 15 years right. from now. Well, and I think an important thing to keep in mind is that with this particular recession, something that's really marked this recession is the length of time that people who've lost their jobs mm-hmm. have been unemployed. And that length of time may be short relative to an adult's lifespan, but but quite a large mm-hmm. component of the 18 years that a child is living at home. So um, that's something that I have been thinking about a mm-hmm. lot as as something that's really marked this recession. But we all know it's marked this recession as different from m- many previous recessions, most, certainly the one of the eight, the big one of the 80s, but, but that that has its own set of consequences for children, that it's not just the number of people who've lost their jobs, it's how long they've been unemployed and and that that level of stress or deprivation mm-hmm. of economic resources mm-hmm. may have been a, a significant chunk of that kid's life. Right. And as you know, the fact that, you know, the job losses were accompanied by housing instability in a way that, you know, prior recessions uh, hadn't been right. Uh, marked by. So there was a, a lot, you know, downturn and, and contraction happening in several different arenas, you right. know, for high-income families, wealth losses, which are largely recovered at this point. But again, if they happened at a critical period when parents are, say, trying to figure out how to finance kids' education and all of a sudden all their retirement savings is right. gone, those families at that moment in time may have made very different decisions about investing in their kids right. than a similar family um, two years later. Right. Not to mention the fact that volatility, income volatility itself, has its own set mm-hmm. of impacts on, on family functioning and how well kids are doing. I'm Ann Stevens, the director of the Center for Poverty Research at UC Davis, and I want to thank you for listening. The center is one of three federally designated poverty research centers in the United States. Our mission is to facilitate nonpartisan academic research on domestic poverty, to disseminate this research, and to train the next generation of poverty scholars. Core funding comes from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. For more information about the center, visit us online at poverty.ucdavis.edu.